Welcome back to React Native Radio Podcast. Brought to you by Cheap Coffee and Bad Editing Skills. Episode 197, the latest on Native Base with Sankit. Welcome, friends. It's Gant Laborde here, starting off with the React Native Radio Podcast. And I just wanted you all to know that uh, I am not Jamin Holmgren. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, Jamin is kicking up his feet in Hawaii, and I have graciously, oh, Gant, you're so nice, jumped in (laughs) and decided to help host this podcast. If you don't know who I am, I am a developer of 20 years. I have been a at Infinite Red since the beginning, and I'm really excited to keep being involved with React Native as much as possible, especially in jumping in with such awesome people today. Uh, co-host today is Robin Hines. Hello. Robin, hey, Gant, <laughs> you know you're going to have to talk about tractors if you really want to be oh, no. the replacement <laughs> right. host. Every episode. Uh, <laughs> you're right. Actually, I got a package from Jamin a minute ago, and I opened it up. It was a mini tractor to put on my desk for this podcast. <laughs> getting get in character. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just to really get in character. I've let my lawn go. That is not a mistake. That was by choice. My lawn being knee high is totally for Jamin. But uh, speaking of wild and amazing lands, our guest for today, who is coming to us from very far away, Mr. Sankit. Sanka, tell everybody hi and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, everyone. Good to be back to uh, React Native podcast. I think this is my second time. So I'm Sanket. I uh, run this uh, software agency called Geeky Ants. Uh, We are also active in open source and we do a lot of React Native. Pretty excited to be a part of this again. Yeah, Sanket. We're going to dig deep into Sanket's history because I've known Sanket for a long time. Yeah, uh, and he's, he's he's sent me some really cool stuff over the years, and we've stayed in touch. And he's been at Chain React and all kinds of cool stuff. And Amsterdam. Ah, uh, yes, yes, indeed. We don't we don't speak of that. <laughs> <laughs> what happens in Amsterdam stays, stays in Amsterdam, in Amsterdam. <laughs> or gets gets announced. Well, maybe we will uh, in in a React Native radio. Who knows? You have to listen to find out, right? Uh, well, I just want to say that this episode is sponsored by uh, this fantastic company called. Infinite Red. Is this correct, Robin? Infinite maybe, Red? Maybe you heard of it. I don't know. It's a little company. Really unknown. <laughs> <laughs> Infinite Red is one of the premier React Native design development agencies located fully in the U.S. There are only a few amazing companies. Sankit's at one of them. We're at another. And there's a third one, uh, which I'm not going to say. You just have to guess which one that one is. <laughs> but with years of experience, uh, this, you know, we've we've all been here with React Native since the beginning. Don't forget, you know, with React Native here at Infinite Red, we also do the React Native newsletter, which has over 12,000 subscribers. Um, definitely call us for your React Native app and check all that cool stuff out. You can message, uh, I'm not going to give you my email. Go ahead and message Jamin. (laughs) (laughs) Jamin at infinite.red. Go bug him, uh, especially while he's on vacation, while this is actually coming out. Send him messages galore. <laughs> What's the newsletter number right now? Like you have been doing weekly since like forever now. So Yeah, yeah. So when we grabbed the newsletter, it was a Q3 
community effort and it was around, I want to say, 3,000 to 4,000 subscribers. Mm-hmm. That was what, two or three years ago. Infinite Red's been um, taking care of the newsletter uh, with actually feedback from awesome people who constantly submit to the newsletter. But now it's over 12,000 subscribers for the newsletter. And on April 6th, Uh, When you are opening up the newsletter, you'll see we actually have a brand new editor in chief. Mm -hmm. So we have like an amazing new push coming out for the newsletter. Uh, Lots of cool things are becoming there. Giveaways, all kinds of cool stuff. So if you have not been checking it out, uh, I say that we'll probably be over 13,000 soon. You could be one of those. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And what's the like? How many weeks have we have we been doing this for now? Or is it like a monthly? It is every first and third Tuesday of the month, and for ooh for a long, long time now. So if you go look at the backlog of all the issues, <laughs> it's sort of like a history of of the growth of React Native. That's right. Uh, if you ever go back there and you open one up, it's like. By the way, React Native is introducing this cool thing called hooks. And you go back like a little bit further. It's it's really kind of fun. Flat <laughs> list. <Yep>. Wow. <laughs> this will totally kill list view. It's like a little little history book of React Native. So uh okay, so let's get into the topic for today. And and Sankit, you are you are the topic for today. The the legend, the the work style. Do you remember when we first actually even interacted online or anything i I can't even remember our first interaction i do remember amsterdam contrary to popular belief (laughs) but we were talking for a while before that and that was 2017 yep can you give us like i guess this is a great chance what's the history of uh geeky ants getting involved with um react native and then also sort of like you being everywhere and being a superstar. I think that's a little too much, Ken. But yeah, we've got a, a little history, I think. I was following React Native uh, in around like 2014, 15, somewhere around that, when it was only mm-hmm. for iOS. And uh, I was like waiting for the Android release because here in India back then, I think Android was like uh, 97, 98% of the market share. That was, And, and that was the thing. Uh, the day it was announced for... Uh, Android, uh, we jumped right in because we love JavaScript. And prior to React Native, all the JavaScript solutions to build mobile apps, it was great, but it used a web view and we used to hit performance issues, right? And I also remember there was a website, like people do websites for everything these days, is shipstuckstillstuck.com. And so we, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so we had a similar website, like is uh, React Native available for Android? Something like that. And I just said no or yes. (laughs) Yes, it just said no. (laughs) Right. That reminds me of a a really famous website in the Portland area called Is It Snowing in PDX? Because it doesn't snow here very often. And so when it finally does snow, it has the, the, the gif of like Kermit the frog going like, like flailing and it just says yes but most of the time it says no very similar <laughs> i love websites like that i think we need to do some more i don't know if you have one going 
presently, but we need to bring those back. There was uh, for a year here at Infinite Red, we had this website. Do not go to this domain anymore. It's no longer managed. I think it actually loads a virus. Do not go to this domain anymore. (laughs) But for a while, we had this whole cult inside of Infinite Red around tinytuba.com. And the website was just a little tuba. And when you clicked on it, it made a little tuba sound. That was the whole website. <laughs> <laughs> it was background sound for everything. But I love these. I love that y'all had one. Uh, please, please continue. That's got our eyes. And and we before React Native happened, we were a web shop. We were doing uh, PHP, uh, jQuery, and stuff like that. Mm. In fact, uh, even Angular, because... We were, yeah, we were progressive <laughs> back in 2013. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so we, uh, as soon as it was introduced for Android, I jumped right in, started building some, I think the first app was like Hello World. Obviously, after that, I did a to-do app. <laughs> and, <laughs> because uh, that's what you do. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, am I building a native app without compilation? Uh, and it's I don't have to go through all those uh, like steps and then wait for like five minutes to see something on the screen. It was magical. Then back then, Geekians was really small. I think we were uh, around 15 people. And I was mm-hmm. like, we should do this. And I got uh, Sean Kodeep, uh from my team to, to experiment on that. And we realized that, okay, there's a lot of work that needs to be done, but it looks like a good idea. And then I think that's when I started uh, connecting with everyone who was even trying out React Native, and and then I met you. I think the first interaction was, I think it was for an online, uh, I think catch up or something that all the React Native folks we met. Yeah, yeah. yeah the they used to have a React Native meetup, online yes. meetups, yeah, right? Right. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a real fun thing back in the day. And each person would sort of present and then it'd be open to Q&A. Right. Wow. You know what? That's an opportunity for people out there for sure. Mm -hmm. We have podcasts and cool stuff like that. But little little show and tell sessions. I remember those (laughs) because it was so novel. Right. Yep. I was like, are you serious? Is that running the same code on (laughs) iOS and Android? Show it to me. (laughs) Yeah. It was very exciting, I think. And everybody was like, they were, they used to come up with their own experiment. And we we would like mm-hmm. share knowledge and then take something from the other person and then build on top of that. It was pretty interesting. I think it was uh, from some someone in Brazil that who was the organizer mm-hmm. and we were invited yeah. to the same thing. And uh, then we, uh, the next thing that we collaborated on was uh, the starter kit that we had built. And then Infinite Red was doing Ignite and the starter kit, mm-hmm. we, we started building things on top of it. We thought, okay, yeah. probably we need Bootstrap, but Bootstrap wouldn't work here. And then Native West happened. <laughs> and yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and I remember Ignite also had a, a plugin for Native Base that you can, yes, you can choose. Yes, indeed. We showed that in Amsterdam. I remember that. <laughs> All that you could, you could ignite a project and then say, ignite, add native base, or, or, or I think that was the command. And then you would get all the cool native base stuff immediately in the project. That was a, yeah, right. 2017. 2017. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. So I think that, that's oh, where wow. it all started. Um, and we kept bringing in things for from like React and, and the, uh, the things that was happening on the website, we, we pulled it in, into React Native with different 
ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and it's it was surprising that whatever we were doing in Infinite Red was like we we always had a major overlap on React Native front. Oh yeah. Right? Well, you know. It was it was the need for the industry for sure. And I was glad that we collaborated on some stuff because, you know, when you take a look, it, let's be honest, uh, it, uh, half of this podcast is talking about the old days uh, in technology, which was, of course, last week. And <laughs> <laughs> React Native, when it was immature, was a very cool uh, project that everybody wanted to kind of play with but didn't really understand. And I think that they've they've grown up significantly since then by far you know it's one of the the best things about it is that if it is consistent and it is reliable you can you can sort of like rely on it and you can say like you can suggest it professionally and not get fired right <laughs> so it's reached that status but but when it was in the beginning of it it sort of needed to be checked out and that's what your company was doing that's what we were doing for sure as well and just identifying what in the world can you do with this? And what does that look like? And that's what I believe led y'all to do uh, native base. And I know you have several different versions of that and everything, but um, it, do you want to give, for those who are listening and hearing about native base for the first time, a little uh, 30-second elevator pitch? What is native base? What's the advantages, et cetera? Native base started as a button component in the React native ecosystem. <laughs> 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 Why didn't they have a button for the longest time? Right. Yeah. yeah. And and yeah, that attracted a lot of people coming from the web background because React Native was uh, an obvious uh, adoption for people coming uh, from the JavaScript background to build mobile apps, right? And the first thing that you do is do on-click, on-press sort of thing. And they didn't have button. And that's, that's what uh, got uh, eyes off the people. Uh, to use a button and then we scaled it into a component library initially and uh, native s1 was crappy it was not great it was just a lot of components dumped right in which people might find useful in their apps and then <laughs> it didn't have like consistent design it didn't have any design philosophy altogether and and that's when we we thought okay let's let's fix these things and we built the next version which 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 was more of like followed uh, a design principle on android it was uh, for material ui and on on uh, ios it was cupertino design and that's how we are progressing to the third version i would talk a little bit about that later so you took influence from php where there was just no consistency <laughs> that's right php i'm talking to you <laughs> php listeners <laughs> Changing the channel as we listen. <laughs> yeah, because they definitely downloaded it in the first place. <laughs> I, I saw uh, a tweet uh, just last night. Uh, it said, WordPress has two bad things. One is PHP, second is jQuery. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, and we all wrote it. Let's, yes. let's be honest. We, we all have our histories in PHP and jQuery. I still do PHP, but... Do we, again? Some of us are still pristine. And un well, Robin, <laughs> I mean, if you don't feel comfortable telling everybody about your PHP and jQuery history, it's not me to out you. So it's OK. I managed to avoid that <laughs> that little piece of the technology world. It's probably a good thing. It is. It is for sure. Uh, but I, I think that one of the things that makes so many of these libraries fantastic is not to be mean to jQuery, but jQuery took this unevolving language of JavaScript and made it have to come back to evolving because everybody 
just needed all these functions, all these needs. It's sort of like Lodash is doing and like pushing, you know, future versions of uh, ECMAScript. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's the same kind of people taking up charge like that is probably the same thing that made, you know, Infinite Red think about Ignite and made geeky ants think about native base is that, hey, why am I solving the same problems <laughs> over and over again? Can I do this in a way that sort of helps a community? And and I really kind of applaud when when that happens. So I joke about jQuery, but it's got a special place in my heart. Well, it was, it was an important, important part of JavaScript history. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I I see people talking on on Twitter. I, I think Twitter is is mainly for uh, showing your hate, right? But yeah, whenever I find a tweet uh, like on, on dislike, I would I would use the word dislike, not hate. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I reply to to people talking about uh, these languages and and the history of where the web is, right? Uh, the dark history. Uh, that hate might be a little strong. And there was a place mm. for it when 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 the web was evolving, and yeah. and few things still have place. Like if you say PHP, PHP, uh, the Laravel community of PHP is doing really great even today. Mm -hmm. And we build stuff yeah. on top of that. If you see BuilderX or the couple of products that yeah. we are building right now, it's it's built on top of Laravel. So we use that today as well. Uh, so there, there is a learning, as you mentioned, like we brought in the things of PHP to React Native. Yes, indeed. Well, so, so Native Base, um, we've got the, the origin story, and then you went to version two. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the why of what you did there? And, 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 and perhaps let's, get, let's start getting a little technical for our audience here. Um, you, of course, brought in the buttons, uh, which classic. I, I have to ask a quick question. When they, React Native added the button component, did you concede and come back and use it? Or are you still using like touchable opacity or something? <laughs> Just, I'm not going to use that. We built our own. So we evolved uh, the, the version and, and later it started using the underlying button. Uh, we tried uh, a, an experiment, but, but the initial version of React Native button was not very customizable. So that mm -hmm. we will probably stick to touchable opacity and style it ourselves. But by the time React Native uh, had a button component, Native Base was already famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'd love to know a little bit more about the evolution from V1 to V2 and sort of what the impetus was for the change and how you got there. V1 was most of like a brute force way of putting the components in there as a package, which people would find useful and use it in their projects. It didn't have any sort of theming. It didn't have... Uh, a design thinking or a design philosophy or a design system, per se. Uh, for V2, we wanted to go uh, an, an, a step forward and make it more of more on the lines of the platform guidelines uh, of Google, that is material design. And then on iOS, we have this Cupertino design. We got the inspiration from uh, Ionic version 2, Ionic version 2, if you use that, is the user components. The same markup has different designs for Android and iOS. So they have conditional or uh, responsive design based on the platform where you're using the components, and it would automatically pick up Cupertino or Material. And we followed the same because Ionic was really famous back then. It was something to look up to. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, so we got uh, Crystal 
pixel perfect design on Android following the 64 pixel height of the nav bar uh, <laughs> and I think it's 56 pixels or PT on on uh, the iOS. Uh, we didn't have Notch back then. It was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Notch. I remember when the Notch was introduced oh, yeah. and all of us collectively were like grown. Like, oh man, <laughs> our job just got harder. <laughs> yeah. One of us had like a Notch phone or like, okay, you're our tester for everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So platform design was one. And then second, we wanted the flexibility of uh, of CSS context-based styling, which is an anti-pattern today in React and React Native. We were coming from a background of conditional uh, or, uh, say, context-based styling. Say, if you have a text uh, in a toolbar, then it would it should automatically take a white color on Android because the mm. header is a is blue or indigo 600 or something by default, right? And uh, so we we used a library from Shoutem that gave us the flexibility of of context based styling and yeah. it it works pretty well uh, it does a lot of computation on the fly it has a runtime overhead but uh, it it made our job easy to like build a lot of components and uh, get all those guidelines and principles in the code in a single theme file and we built a lot of uh, great components and started extending it when we talk about platforms in react native that is a brand new world right now. 2021, <laughs> Platforms React Native, you have to sort of say which platforms. <laughs> right. And if I remember correctly, Native Base is uh, good for iOS and Android, sort of like adhering to each one. Is that correct? V2, yes. Any ambition for, I don't know, desktop apps, React Native Web, React Native Windows, Mac? I think that's the obvious next step, I would say. And that's why V3. <laughs> oh. Ah, yeah. Very nice. Teasing it out Very of you slowly. Nice. We'll get there, yes. Gant, uh. <laughs> I, I think, uh, Gant, you have set the stage for me. <laughs> <laughs> it was completely on purpose, Sankit. That's for sure. <laughs> Right. And there is also another philosophy in, in the third version. That's one thing is more platforms. Uh, but when you have more platforms and more guidelines to follow, your bundle size goes like to the roof and you can't like support all the platforms and all the design philosophies from one single uh, design system. Mm. And then we started looking at Tailwind CSS for the third version. So, oh. yeah. So... I really like the philosophy of Tailwind and, and the article by Adam, which says uh, best practices don't work. And there he goes <laughs> from like, like a single line of CSS and then uh, talks about all the problems of how you can build uh, a particular design system for a particular use case or a brand. And then it it goes into like multiple different uh, areas yes. and you have to support a lot of things. So the best way to do that is is not to write those and and build a strong or a very inflexible design system and give that uh, opportunity and flexibility to the users in the markup mm -hmm. itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we wanted to do something like that, and uh, and there is a library that helps in building uh, utility first uh, components with utility props. 
uh, it's uh, a famous uh, library called as a styled system mm-hmm. and if he if it's composable so you can pass in a component and then it gives you a composed component that has all the props of say p is 1 and mt say 2 for margin of 2x from the top nice since there is no one design system to rule them all so i'm okay with my inline styles that i write correct that's <laughs> if i'm hearing this correctly that's that all right so hearing hearing no uh nobody say i'm wrong i'll take it <laughs> but no i i think that that's you, you've hit a really big point that we've found for delivering a bunch of apps as well trying to find you know the one ring to rule them all you only serves a certain set of the audience and and then you it's easy enough to find a total audience where that completely goes against it you have to be able to customize you have to be able to know the rules and then be able to break the rules What's the distribution over at Geeky Ants? Uh, how many dev, how many design? That's an interesting question as well. Yeah, so uh, we have about 240, uh, 230 developers and I think 20 designers. Nice, okay, yeah. Yeah, and rest of them are uh, more on the, say, managerial role and leadership role. And then we also have mm-hmm. QA. So total headcount head is around like 300 right now. And are most of those like devoted towards your like consultancy kind of work, or how many are actually devoted to native base? Yeah, so uh, the R and D and OSS team is like uh, about twenty people right now, and uh, mm. we do a mix of native base, and there is uh, a form library, there is a state management library that we just released a few weeks ago, so. It's a mix of all those. And we also have BuilderX and another product that's coming in. Nice. Wait, did you say a state management library? Yes. Yeah. Do we, is that like a rite of passage? Does everybody have to make one? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's like, if you know CSS, you have to do your own CSS and JS, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've invented this thing. It is a wheel. I feel like we all do this. It's okay. This is part of being a developer. Uh, But actually, I would. I'm I'm deep into. I don't know if you know this thing, but I love looking at differences between state management systems. I did the the React State Museum a while ago, and I I think maybe we might have to like have you back for like a react state episode or something like that just sort of talk about all the different options that are out there i would love that in fact uh, that's my favorite topic too after ui <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> ah, yeah. isn't, it, right. isn't it everyone's favorite topic i can talk about I state think it management is. forever you go to other platforms and they're like we use the system and we're like oh, <laughs> oh that's so boring oh <laughs> Yes, you don't. Wouldn't have you a rather have twenty five to choose from? <laughs> a giant warring set of states all fighting for power. Like <laughs> there can only be one at the end, and it's global state. That's the one I use. But anyway, <laughs> so that that's fantastic. So um, to catch people up, we have native base. We have native base version two. Native base version two has more platform uh, uh, supporting for iOS, Android. You also have premium templates for native base as well. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. So we have uh, native base market base. Uh, and yeah. it's for like buyers and sellers both. So people who, who are great at building, say, templates and uh, design system, they can go ahead and put their libraries and templates out there. And then people who want it, they can buy it. So 
yeah, it, it's pretty. Yeah, it's working awesome. pretty well uh, overall. Uh, I think we have more than fifteen uh, full apps that also include something like a location-based uh, taxi app, and then we have uh, like uh, something like Tinder dating app and uh, e-commerce mm. app. And it's it's pretty complete. It comes with a backend, and it's well maintained by the authors right now. And it's so, so the next cool. time we have a client that comes to us wanting to build Tinder, yeah. Tinder for dogs, <laughs> we'll send them. We'll send them your way. That's actually a fantastic idea. We're like, go buy this template from Sankit, and then, then you can. Come back to us, and we will uh, we will switch out everything for dog photos. <laughs> Uber for kangaroos. You know. Uber. <laughs> Hop about town with Uber for kangaroos. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, Sankit, um, I know we want to go ahead and do time checks, make sure everything's doing well here. So. Let's talk about upcoming announcements. Well, you know, like uh, I know we've kind of set the stage for it. Do you have anything else to tell us about this version three that we've alluded to a few more times? Yeah. So uh, version three, I think we have already scratched the surface of like what's coming up. Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, the alpha version out there and it was an announcement uh, just last week at a conference, but I didn't go in detail about the features and whys of the version three. Uh, and uh, so the third version, as I mentioned, it has styled components. It uses style system for utility-first props. And now we have a more complete support for web. So you can go ahead and use uh, native base on web. Uh, and we are missing a very important piece uh, that is accessibility. All the components are accessible and they're powered Ooh, by- nice. Yeah, they're powered by React Aria. Uh, that was built by uh, Devon uh, at Adobe. And we extended React Aria and uh, we have React Native Aria, which you can use. So it's a set of hooks that you can use to build your own design system or something like Native Base version 3. And uh, all your components are uh, by default accessible. Like we have added tab indexes, arrow key, and uh, screen reader, and all those sort of things. So uh, those who can't really see the screen, they know that it's a checkbox or it's a dropdown or it's a menu item. It's fantastic. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. 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 I, I really appreciate uh, people who are taking the time. There's some really good plugins for checking accessibility. It's super important. And it's every new developer who comes to a platform, it's the last thing on their mind. So it's really good that when you have the stage and you have that moment that you take the extra energy to make sure that you're applying yourself to accessibility. I'm a huge believer in it. So um, good, good. I love hearing that. That's fantastic. <laughs> Thanks. So it's, it's all great work and uh, by uh, Devon and team. Uh, if you don't know Devon, Devon is the guy behind oh, yeah. Parcel.js and uh, React Spectrum as well. That's a bundle that comes with React Aria and UI library that Adobe uses internally as well for their apps. And uh, uh, React Aria, we were really excited and, and it does most of the things for the web support of native base as well. And we are continuously oh, nice. working with them. So I'm like, really happy to be collaborating with them on uh, that piece and using that to build a design system that works for everyone and everywhere. Awesome. Perfect, perfect, perfect. All right, we're looking forward to that. Uh, what we'll do is, like I said, 
I am going to go ahead and place the the chance of like trying to get you back here a second and we'll do another. <laughs> and then that means they have to bring me back. Even when Jamin's back off a of vacation, we'll have a whole like state discussion. So we'll have another cool hangout. Yep. Uh, it won't be like Amsterdam, but what will? <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, wild, crazy times, I believe this is the part of the show where we talk about strange bugs or what weird bugs. Weird bugs. We need like a little cool song. Weird bugs. I know. I've been trying to get Todd to add a little stinger for weird bugs, but I haven't found a good one yet. No problem. We'll, we will have that. We're going to have to get that before next uh, recording. Uh, so, Sanke, I want to ask you, with, with all these uh, innovations, anything like that, do you have a weird bug experience that perhaps um, maybe in the many, many upgrades where you were like, I can't believe that was the bug. That was weird. I can't think of one right now, but let me. If you can, if you have one, that that should be good. Yeah, let me help you out with this. So, what I'll I'll tell you one for me, and I'll just kind of start off like that. Uh, I am not going to call out this platform. Uh, There's nobody here, but I had this one uh, weird bug that I was using the CLI, and I typed in the command, and it was like. Basically, it was like, who are you and why do you think you have access to this? And I am, I read for, I want to say, hours just typing the CLI command. And it was like, nah, we're failing all over the place. Nobody had anything about it. And then I was like, what happened here? Like, what was the problem? Well, when I first typed the command, it opened up a web page and then I went to lunch or something. And then that web page timed out. And then forever after, that CLI command did not work. I had to go log into the web page, sign out, sign back in, and then the CLI worked. I was like, what? That's three hours of my life I'll never get back. Yeah, we're making all these things talk to each other. We're just not that great at corner cases for it yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. I won't say what Fun platform it is, but I will tell you that I went and found people who work for that company and I bent their ear for a good while. <laughs> I was like, you, you owe me three hours of my life. Let me tell you what your bug is. So that's my weird bug. When you're trying to like connect a bunch of different services and then you type a command and it's jumping off and opening browser views for a second and do all this other stuff, everything's talking to each other. Please test timeout issues for that because I think I, you know, CLI, you type it and then you can like take a break, you come back and you just start continuing where you left off. When these services have this weird interdependence, I have no idea what void my, my stuff landed in. I, th- I think I know the, which service you're talking about. I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I had no hate on this. I just, I had to go grab them and I had to tell them what's up for a while afterwards. So, right. Yeah, that was a weird bug. Be uh, careful when you've got all of these robots talking to each other. So for me, I think in the recent past, uh, something, it, it was on my system. It was not a network request or something like that. But uh, And it, it happened quite a few times. Uh, we have been using Dockers a lot internally lately. And uh, when you run Dockers, uh, you you switch off one and switch on the other one. And the same... Mm port and the same IP address on the local host points to a totally different thing. And uh, 
you like for me it, it happened like i was editing some other project and trying to refresh the api request and it was not changing at all and i <laughs> wasted like couple of hours there and then i realized okay i was on some other docker on the local system so <laughs> so yeah something similar but i i didn't go global it was local on my system uh, yeah that's like when you you open up a file and you just hit the keyboard <laughs> and hit save to make sure you're touching the right files you're like please be the file that i've been working on for an hour <laughs> yeah yeah well, perfect. Robin, you want to throw in a weird bug or we save it for next time? Oh, I'll save it for next time. <laughs> <laughs> Enough weirdness for oh. one day. Yeah, perfect. All right. So let's go ahead and make sure everybody connects up on the socials. So that way they can hear about any future episodes, any future announcements, anything like that. Of course, I am Gant Laborde on Twitter, at Gant Laborde. Robin, you want to go ahead and say yours real quick? I'm at Robin underscore Hines with an E at the end on Twitter. Perfect. We also have the React Native Radio podcast, which is at React Native R-D-I-O. Um, that is not because we can't spell. That is because we're developers. Just kidding. It's because we can't spell. We're developers and we ran out of letters. That's <laughs> <laughs> Twitter's and fault. Thanks so much to our guest. Yeah, thank it. Uh, go ahead and hit everybody with your socials, everything that we can do to kind of keep up with what you're doing. Yeah, sure. Uh, if you want to get connected, uh, I'm very active on Twitter. I go by the Twitter handle Sanket Sahu, S-A-N-K-E-T-S-A-H-U. And let's connect after this. Yeah, perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming in on this. We're going to be really excited. Uh, we'll definitely share everything when uh, we get everything for Native Base 3.0. Um, as always, thanks to the producer, editor. Um, thanks. If we sounded really smart and funny today, that's because of the editor, Todd Worth. Uh, transcript is released, coordinated by Jed Bartowski and our social media coordinator, Missy Warren. Thanks to the sponsor for today, Infinite Red. Definitely check it out, infinite.red slash React Native. And of course, super special thanks to all of you who are listening to React Native Radio. Please take an opportunity to share this with other people. And if you're interested in uh, working with Infinite Red, as you might have heard Jamin say in the past, we are currently hiring at careers.infinite.red. What? What? <laughs> So, Sankit, I expect to see your application <laughs> as you want to hire. <laughs> we expect you to bring uh, 300 people with you. So be <laughs> this has been tons of fun. So until we all get together again, see you all next time. Bye. Thank you so much. 